Come on, somebody. Let's praise Jesus one more time. Come on, let's give it up. Amen. Tonight's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to have fun, though. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We know that Jesus' story is the greatest story ever told, isn't it? Come on, somebody. Help me preach it tonight. It's the greatest story ever told. Here's one of the things about the story, though, that makes it so great, is that we're not, inv- we're not just to witness the resurrection. We are supposed to participate in being resurrected people, amen? We are, to, we are to be a part of the story, participants in the story. Even in Scripture, we know of at least three different places. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but you know what? He resurrected other people. We know of at least three other spots that he resurrected people. Let me give you them tonight because they're important. Number one... The widow of Nain's son. Now, imagine this with me. you got to use your imagination that there's a funeral procession coming out of town. The woman's only son. She's a widow. She, her only son has died. And she's coming out of town. And the, the, the funeral procession is coming out of town. And here comes Jesus coming into town. Imagine this death coming out of town and life coming into town. And pretty soon they come and they meet. And when they meet, guess what happens? A miracle happens. The, the boy raises, the man raises from the dead. And I, can you just imagine there'd be a party, wouldn't there be? I mean, can you just imagine the story that would happen? The second time that we know about is Lazarus. Now, Lazarus was one of Jesus' closest friends. He hears that he's, he's sick and he's on his way to death. But Jesus does something really interesting. He waits In fact, Jesus doesn't show up on the scene until a few days later when he's already in the grave. So much that scripture says that he was probably pretty stinky by that point because he'd been in the grave for so long. And Jesus has this moment where he weeps. The Bible tells us that he's heartbroken over this. And then at the same time, he calls out Lazarus by name. Can you just by faith hear your name being called out by Jesus tonight? Can you just by faith hear Jesus calling your name, calling you up? And it seemed like Jesus was late on the scene, but then he shows up and a miracle happens. There's a a third time, and this third time, this guy named Jairus comes to Jesus. He says, "Uh, my daughter is sick, and she's on her deathbed. Please come. And so Jesus comes, and on his way, he stops again. And there's another miracle that's performed. And by the time he shows up, the girl has died. Doesn't it seem like Jesus is always showing up a little late, doesn't he? He's showing up late on the scene, and everyone says, she's dead. There's nothing more that you can do. Jesus kicks them all out of the house and says, no, she's only sleeping. He raises her from the dead. Can you imagine the scene that would be there that day when Jesus rose those people from the dead? That's an amazing. We're, 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 how many of you guys know that sometimes Jesus may seem late on the scene? Maybe in your life. Maybe you feel like that right now that Jesus is showing up late in your story. Here's what I want to just have faith rise up in you today. That, that maybe there's a resurrection that's just waiting for you. See, we're not just supposed to be witnesses of the story. We are supposed to be participants of the story. In all three of these examples that I just shared with you, they're all different situations, different genders, some of them, different ages, different life stories, different problems. But here's one thing that all three of them could say the same. And here it is. You got to catch this. If you're going to write down anything, write down this. And they could all say this. Jesus changed my story. Jesus changed my story. That's the theme, so get it down. Why don't you just say that with me? Say, Jesus changed my story. 
That's the message of the resurrection. That's the message of the gospel. And so today we're going to look at three different words or three different ways that Jesus can change our story. And the first way we've already been talking about, and that is through resurrection. You know, Jesus wants to change your story. He doesn't just resurrect bodies. You know that Jesus can resurrect hope. Jesus can resurrect dead dreams. Jesus can resurrect purpose. Jesus can even resurrect a dead marriage. Uh, And so tonight what we're going to do is just like the apostles, they were given testimony. They're testimonies of the resurrection. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at some testimonies of people who Jesus has actually changed their story. We've got a video. This is a few years ago. The video quality is a little iffy, but the story is not iffy at all. It's, It's a powerful, powerful story because Jesus is all about resurrection. very sad. We separated in May and I was very sad. Our marriage was ending. I filed for divorce in August, the first of August. And we went shopping just for something to do. I looked down here and I, I was praying at home, you know, God, what do I do? I don't want this, but what do I do? You know, I need answers loud and clear. Hit me over the head if you have. I went for my jog, and I barely got a few blocks away, and, you know, I hear this, not loud, but we know when God speaks to us, it said, turn around, you need to go back, remember, you were going to go today, and I thought, well, let me just finish, you know, I could have, I could have ignored it, but I thought, and then the voice was like, no, you need to go now, and It was the best service. Things that Pastor Sean talked about applied to exactly what I was going through. I cried through the singing. I learned about Financial Peace University. I signed up that day. At the end when he said, if anyone here needs to have God in their heart, I thought I'd had him before, but I didn't know. So I raised my hand and he prayed for me and I felt this warmth that I've never felt before. And it was like, wow. And so I came every Sunday. I didn't tell him yet. I went to the fall festival and did little mustaches on the kids. And so then I decided to share with him what I'd been doing. This was for about a month. And I brought him to the fall festival and showed him the tent. And a powerful word that Becky said the day before, I told her just briefly who I was. And I shared with her I was separated and about these papers. I just couldn't get myself to look at these papers. Every time I'd pull them out to fill them out, I'd get sad. She says, you know, there's nothing wrong with just putting those on the shelf. God can work miracles. And so I did. I went home and I threw the papers back on the shelf. Brought Galen out, showed him. I gave him a brochure. And then it was like, God was just telling me I don't push. Just about it and let him be. So I At that point, I decided to come up a different service just by myself to see what it was like. Been to church many times. Walked in just, let's just see what it's like. Not expecting anything miracle or anything like that. Walked through the door, started talking to some people, felt very welcome. Felt a, a sense of power. I thought, well, this is 
this is cool. I like this. Drank a couple cups of coffee, went in, everybody was singing, and I'm, I'm standing here going, okay, okay, we're singing. I like singing, so I was singing too. And the next thing I know, I look over and my hand's in the air, and straight up. And I'm going, okay. I didn't raise my hand. It went up by itself. <laughs> and I, at that point, tears came to my eyes. Literally just tears. And I'm going, okay, I know everybody's watching me now. You know how you get. And that continued on, and I had both hands up at one point. I'm singing and hollering with everybody, you know. And uh, at a point toward the end of the sermon, Sean asked if uh, anybody here doesn't have God in his heart, needs God in his heart. And I'm going, what's my hand doing up again? <laughs> I'm like, no, okay. And it was just at that point, I felt this touch come into my heart, into my soul, that I've never ever felt before that I never thought would happen to me. God has always been with me, I felt, guiding me in life, never the way he is then or now. There's a total different sense of completeness and fulfillment and happiness. It just, it's awesome. And we, I went home, I'm tooling around the house, out in the garage, I'm crying all day long. And she came back up to go to the financial class and stopped by the house on the way home. And we cried together for two and a half hours out in the driveway. And I'm sitting here going, my neighbors are going to think we're nuts. I don't care. I love it. We looked at and each I'm not other a man that cries. I didn't. Different. Now I love crying. I just bring me on tears. If it feels this good, I want to do it all the time. Yeah. Yes, it was. We are uh, back together. The divorce is off. The papers are burnt. We burnt those last We week. have ways to go. We feel very guided with the good Lord on our side. Focused. We read our Bibles every day. We were getting divorced, and now we're not. We were both at the and bottom. God's the <laughs> only reason for that. We knew we loved each other. We got lost in life. And the good Lord said, I'm not done with you. Yeah. He reached down and said, no, no, no. I'm not done with you. And since then, he has put so many blessings on our, well, I'm just in our just life. it's just been and a short time. I want everybody to hear. Yeah. I want everybody to. I'm, I think it's fantastic never felt like this before. To be able to feel this and you have to go with it and it's just, it's a miracle. It's, it's what a miracle. it is. It's a miracle. Amen. Amen. Now that was a few years ago and uh, shortly after that video, I've got a picture of, of when we stood right here and we renewed their vows together. And uh, Galen and Sherry have come quite far. They're involved serving the Lord in about every single area possible that you can. And I don't say that to parade Galen and Sherry around. I say that to parade Jesus around. 
because Jesus changed their story. And listen, if you need some sort of resurrection in your life, Jesus can change your story. Resurrection, second word we're gonna look at is healing. Jesus, all throughout his ministry on earth, was going around healing people, whether it was physically or emotionally, putting the broken pieces back together. A famous story we can see in John chapter five, Verse two, it says, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And in this, these lay a multitude of invalids. So get the picture. Let's not just read the story, but get the picture. There are people who are laying out invalids are blind, lame, paralyzed because there, there was a, a, a myth or a, a, there was a story about how if the angel would come and stir the waters, if you got in first, you'd be healed. And so everyone was hanging around the pool because they wanted to get in first. And so that one man that was there who'd been an invalid for, get this, 38 years. That's almost four decades, right? I mean, an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to them, do you want to be healed? Now, this seems like a strange question, doesn't it? Do you want to be healed? But listen, sometimes we, we really need to acknowledge that we want to change, that we want Jesus to change our story. And so the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. You can see all of his faith was in trying to get there first. And he says, when I'm going down, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. So listen, what he was waiting around for 38 years to try to do on his own or try to get lucky and try to work this out. It just took at once. It took one moment with Jesus. And I'm telling you today that it just, takes one moment. You may have suffered for years and years and years, but it takes one moment with the healing power of Jesus. Now you're, you're here and you're like, maybe not an invalid, or maybe you're not sitting by the pool, just waiting around. Maybe you, you're not a leper like Jesus healed many lepers in scripture, but maybe you feel like that on the inside. You see in Jesus day, whenever there was someone who was sick or especially a leper, they were taken out of their family, taken out of society and had to be cast off. Maybe that's the way you feel today relationally. Maybe you feel cast off. Maybe that's the way you feel emotionally. Maybe your heart is broken on the inside. I don't care whether it's physical, emotional. I don't care what it is. Jesus can change your story. I don't care whether it's relational, physical. You guys need to, how many guys want to be encouraged tonight? Anybody just want to be encouraged tonight? All right, you're going to be encouraged by this next testimony. Let's roll it. On Christmas Eve 2014, due to an intervention by my family, I was rushed to a doctor. He found I was in terrible shape. My hemoglobin was six. He was surprised I could even move. And I was admitted into North Kansas City Hospital to figure out what was going on. And uh, that night was pretty rough. They gave me blood, did other things to prep me for testing on Christmas Day. And on Christmas Day, I was carted from room to room and lifted like a sack of potatoes from one table to another, to, from one machine to another machine. And I was kept pretty busy all day long, so I didn't think, really didn't have time to think much about it. That night, however, when things settled down, I realized there was something knocking on the door of my mind. Now, this is strange. I knew what it was. It was a question. I knew what the question was, but I had not allowed it into my thinking. The question was, is this it? I'm paralyzed right now from the waist down. Is this my life from here on out? And I applied 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. I did not allow that thought into my thinking 
and I did not invite it in and have fellowship with it. I took that thought captive. And so it slowly dissipated over the night, went away. The next evening, after tests again all day long, the next evening, Aaron suggested I call Andrew Womack's prayer line, which was a 24-7 prayer line. The lady that answered prayed the shortest, simplest, most direct prayer I have ever heard in my life. But when she commanded the spirit of fear to leave, it was like flipping an electrical switch. It was totally gone, stripped from me, and sent to the other side of the world. An amazing thing. I had absolutely no fear. Jenny also was included in that. So much so that the next day when my oncologist came by and said, we've biopsied all 12 segments of your prostate and you're filled up with cancer, I had no reaction. He said, it's amazing. It's normally into the bones and into the organs by this time, but that's not happened for you. I'm sure he thought I was in shock because I had absolutely no response. He might as well have said that the price of bread has gone up. So no response. And I can tell you to be in a heavy crisis situation with no fear is better than being in one with a load of fear on you. The next uh, thing that happened that was pretty constant was Jenny and I felt lifted up on a sea bed of, of uh, prayer. We just felt lifted up off the floor. It was a very physical type thing. Another thing we did was there was a whiteboard in the room that was meant to be used by nurses and doctors, but we took it over and we wrote faith proclamations up on that whiteboard. It was a great thing for me as I came back into the room different times during the day, as I was uh, awoken different times during the night, those faith proclamations were right up there for me to read and agree with. Jesus is the high priest of our profession. So after 10 days, I could move again and I was released from the hospital. I was on a walker one day with a cane three days and then I could walk normal, but really slow. A point I'd like to make is, when you're at a point of crisis, it's too late to prepare for that crisis. When you get revelation, when the Holy Spirit highlights a verse or a truth, spend time with it, think about it, think about how to apply it. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you apply that to small crises and make that a part of your spiritual muscle. And then when a big thing hits, you're prepared as well as you can be to overcome and be an overcomer. That's the end of this video, but it's not the end of my story. Jesus took something that could have been terrible and made it good. Amen. That's a powerful story. Let's celebrate. This one hits close to home to me because Richard's my father-in-law, and so I got to see that happen up close. I mean, we were there the night when he almost died, and just through that whole process, I'm so glad that Jesus can change the story. 
How many of you guys have ever, you know, scrolled through maybe your Facebook photos or something like that? And if you've been on something like that for very long, you can scroll for quite a while and you go back years worth of photos, right? And as you're going back, it's like you're getting younger, you know, and you're, you're scrolling back. It's like, man, I'm in better shape. I'm, I'm younger. Man, I, I feel like, I mean, the hair is coming back. I mean, it's just an amazing experience. Sometimes we look at our life and we tend to think that the best years of our life are, are behind us. But listen, if you are in Christ, Christ, the best years of your life are in front of you. And you can take that to the bank. The best years of your life are in front of you. All right, the third word we're going to look at is freedom. We looked at resurrection. We looked at, at healing. But Jesus changes our story through freedom. There's a famous story in the Bible where Jesus comes over to, to minister and he encounters this, this situation. This man has been demon-possessed. Now, we don't like to talk about that too much except for in the movies, right? But this is actually a real deal. And so Jesus came in contact and look in Luke chapter 8, verse 27. It says, when Jesus had stepped out on land, there he met him, him, met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he'd worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, and he fell down before him and said with a loud voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him, and he was kept under guard, and he was bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. This is a sad situation. This man, driven from his life, driven from the life he knew out into the dead places, the chains he would break off of him because of the powers that were, were messing with him on the inside. But how many of you guys know that you can, be, you can break chains or you can look free on the outside and still be a prison on the inside? See, some of you know exactly what this is like when I describe this. Some of you, you, you may not be living in a graveyard on the outside. You may not have broken chains on the outside and, and, and have torment from, from appearances on the outside. But on the inside, you're being tormented. I don't, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you're, you're, you're stuck in something. But here's the good news. Jesus can change your story. I don't care where you're at right now. Jesus cast the demons out of this man. He was set free. Luke chapter 8, verse 38, it says, The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. Jesus had changed his story. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. That's what we're doing here right now. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Listen, maybe, you, maybe right now you are bound up on the inside. Maybe there's some addiction that's just got you bound. Maybe there's some sin that you feel trapped in. Maybe there's some cycle that you just can't seem to break free from. Maybe you're tormented on the inside. The good news is Jesus can change your story. And I think if you find yourself in that place today, you're going to be encouraged by this next tes testimony story. Let's roll it. I was raised up in a small town up here in northwest Missouri and wasn't a lot for us to do as kids in a town of 380 people and we uh, watched cars for us and see how many kids we'd get in the phone booth and stuff like that and as I started getting a little older I was raised up with some guys that were pretty good in sports. I loved to play but wasn't that good and so I was always kind of left out. By the time I was 13 I started finding some that I could do a little better than they could do and that was drinking. And I started drinking quite a bit of beer, you know, a few nights a week, and that continued on through junior high and high school, and 
I got rather good at it, and, and I'd drink everybody at the table, and everybody brag on me, and I thought it was the wrong thing to be proud about, but that was my identity at the time. And uh, started getting myself in trouble. I graduated from high school, started spending time in the local jails. Friends of mine told me I could bail out if I'd get on drugs, so I started smoking pot at 18. Started doing every drug that comes through town for four years. Um, got myself in a lot of trouble, five probations in a year and a half, and uh, they finally classified me as an habitual criminal. One more misdemeanor, I was going to go to prison. I had a good lawyer, kept talking back down to misdemeanors, and they said, one more, that's it. I was a frequent flyer in the local jails, and they got tired of me. My mind was getting destroyed through LSD and all the stuff that we did, and so I started looking for help. Started running. Friends of mine and I went to Utah working in the oil fields and lived in a place called uh, Hippie Haven in Duchesne, Utah, an old condemned motel, 17. They called us long hairs living out there working in the oil fields and life just continued to get worse and worse. And uh, all of a sudden I started getting this sense that there's something more out there than I knew about. I get this voice, there's something more out there than you know about. It got my curiosity up. I started hitchhiking around a lot and People would pick me up that had been on drugs like I had been, I still was, and they'd gotten saved. The lives had changed, and you could tell they had something. But I wasn't quite getting it yet. And the Bible says that no man comes to God unless he draws him in. Moved from Utah down to Texas, started working the oil fields down there. We started brewing up some homemade drugs, some 50-50 chance coming back. And God dealt with me. Uh, I know now it was the Lord speaking to me that I was born in Missouri for a reason. He wanted me to come back up here and find out what that was. So I left in the middle of our brew and come back to Missouri. My old GTO shut down, and, and there was a revival going on north of Cameron. And it uh, lasted for two and a half months, every night. Some of my friends were going out there. They were getting saved. Their lives were getting changed. And I didn't understand it, but I knew I needed something. So I walked nine miles one night and got out there just as the preacher was closing. He said, a man could personally know Jesus Christ. He could come into your life. You could know him, and he could change you from the inside out. Never had heard that. Heard that. I was almost 22 years old. And uh, they encouraged me to come down, and I prayed and asked Jesus in my heart. Didn't sense anything or feel anything or, you know, I was really confused and went home to a friend's mine house that night and laid on the couch. And all of a sudden, I just felt the presence and the peace of God come all over me from the head to the tip of my toes. I just felt tingly. You know, the only way I can describe it is clean as a bar of soap. Somehow, even though my head wasn't getting it, God was letting me know that I'd made things right with Him that night. You know, got up the next morning, I could just tell there was something different inside of me. Uh, still looked as handsome as I always did, of course, and, uh, but yet I knew something was different. My mind was still messed up, but uh, I started going to church. I lived in a house that was nine guys and two gals living together, and it was just a constant party house, but several of us would go to church and come home and smoke pot and read the Bible and try to understand what it was all about. And God first started dealing with me about my language. You know, I had a terrible mouth. I was still doing drugs and drinking and watching the women, but yet I just quit cussing. You know, God just took it away from me. And uh, little by little, He started changing me from the inside out. You know, the uh, Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man's in Christ, he's a brand new person, brand new creation. And that's what happened to me. I, inside, I became something brand new. You know, I started on drugs for three months, and uh, on my birthday, you know, I got all blown away, and I went outside, and you know, I said, God, if you're really real, which I believe you are, 
I'm going to take this stuff out of my system. You know, I'm scared to death. I thought I was losing my mind. As soon as I said that, I was just completely straight. Like I'd done nothing that day. You know, God's mercy and grace override all that stuff. You know, since that time, he dealt with me to get out of that party house and start cleaning my life up. I started, uh, you know, I quit drugs, I quit drinking, I quit smoking cigarettes. I'd done all that stuff and started quitting, but I started taking on stuff. Started reading the Bible, started praying. I started hanging out with people that, that believed in following Jesus. And little by little, my life just started changing, started turning around. You know, he was building something brand new in me. You know, the resurrection power of Christ was just coming alive in me. You know, he led me to my wife. You know, she was totally different than what my background was. We got married, been married for 43 and a half years, blessed family and grandkids, everybody serving God. You know, I just thank God that he came in my life. Took some old burnout hippie that was homeless, living on park benches and backseats old cars and trucks. Turned my life around. That's my story. Amen. That's a powerful story, but what makes that story powerful me, for, for me is that the man on the video is my father. And so Jesus changed his story, and because Jesus changed his story, Jesus changed my story. You never know who's going to be impacted when all of a sudden you open up your heart and open up your life for Jesus to change your story. John chapter uh, 1, verse 29 says, The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him. This is John the Baptist. Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right now, I want you to just imagine Jesus coming towards you. Just personally, right there where you're at. Jesus is coming towards you. But you have to behold the Lamb of God. Don't miss that he's coming towards you. And close up with this last story that I, I heard about a year ago and have shared before. It's such a powerful story, though. And there was a, a researcher who was writing a book uh, years and years ago. And it was, it was on documenting the discoveries and the, the different attributes of, of South America as they were discovering the different things and, and going and exploring it. And as he was documenting all these things, he heard stories of ships that were coming down that direction from across the ocean, and they were coming to South America. But what was happening is they were running out of water, fresh water, and the, the sailors were dying. And they were having to throw the sailors overboard, dead sailors overboard. They had come up to right there, the mouth of the Amazon River. And they were throwing dead bodies over, and yet they were sitting on top, floating on top of one of the largest sources of fresh water in the world. In fact, uh, one-fifth of all the water that comes off earth into the ocean comes out right there. Go, it's so powerful and so much fresh water that it actually dilutes the saltiness of the ocean for as much as 100 miles away. They were coming close, but they couldn't get any closer, and they were dying of thirst when all the while they were sitting, all they had to do was just reach over and take a drink. And see, that's what the grace of God is like. You know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price. He rose from the dead. That's what this day is all about this whole weekend. And you may be in a place 
where you, you find yourself where there's dead things in your life that need to be resurrected. You may find yourself in a place where there's broken things in your life that need to be put back together and healed. Or you may find yourself in a place that feels like a prison and you need to be set free. Here's what I want you to know tonight, that you are floating right now. It's like the sea of grace. And you may be, you may be dying on the inside when all you have to do is just reach out and take a drink of the grace of God. Because it's available for you right now, right now. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we close out this service? Listen, I, if, if that, that's you, if I've identified any part of you this evening, you say, you know what? I don't know if I'm following Jesus. Those stories are pretty powerful. I don't know if I'm following Jesus. I don't know that if I died tonight, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I, I don't know. Then listen, I wanna call you tonight out of your old life and into a brand new one. And the way you do that, the way that Jesus can change your story is simply to reach out and to take a drink of the grace of God that's right here and right now. He's done everything that needs to be done. All you have to do is reach out and take a drink. Scripture says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. It's, it's that simple. It's not complicated. It's just simply saying yes to Jesus and Jesus can change your story. And I just need to know if we need to take a moment out of this service to pray for you. You may be here and you may have never, just like my dad who he had gone 22 years of his life and he'd never heard the message of the gospel. And that may be you. You may have heard about it. You may have been in church before, but right now is the very first time that you're confronted with this opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And I'm gonna give that opportunity to you tonight. Maybe you're here and at one time you were following Jesus, but for whatever reason, you just know I'm not on the right path and I need to come back to the Father's house. Maybe you're here and, and you're just not sure where you stand with God. Before you get out of this place, you can be sure by saying yes to Jesus. And I just need to know if we need to take a moment out of this service to pray for you. And, and I wanna lead you in that prayer. And if that's you, would you just do something for me? Just lift up your hand and just between you and God, and put it, just lift up your hand and put it right back down right now all over the building. All right, hands are going up all over the building. All right, if that's you, just, just put up your hand and say, you're just saying yes to Jesus. That's just a point of faith right there, just to say yes to Jesus. All right, this is wonderful. We're gonna pray together. All of us are gonna pray together. And if you've prayed this a thousand times, just pray it like you mean it right now. Make the, just, I'm gonna give you the words, but you supply the faith behind it. You supply the meaning, all right? So let's all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for paying the price for all my sins. I thank you for your grace that washes me clean. I believe that you rose from the dead and that you give me eternal life. And I receive your grace right now by faith. And I choose to follow you, to say yes to you. Thank you for changing my story. Lord, I just thank you for all these who've raised their hand, have said yes to you right now.
Lord, I pray that they would understand this is not the end, this is not the finish line, but this is the starting line of a brand new life. Lord, I pray that you'd give them revelation right now that, this, that they are a brand new creation, that everything that's happened before this moment, it, it doesn't matter anymore. You've wiped the slate clean. They have brand new spiritual DNA on the inside of them. They are a brand new person. Lord, I pray that they would feel as clean as, as you've made them, that they would feel completely brand new on the inside. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate Jesus one more time? Give him a big hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus can change your story. Come on, let's stand up and let's worship Jesus one more time.